0: This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor,
1: strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and
0: host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate. Where real people
1: are doing real estate.
0: Hey, this is Michael Schau. Uh You're about to check me out on the Let's Get Real Real Estate Podcast hosted by my friend, Danielle Chason, who's awesome. Uh, I'm going to talk about how I went from being a refugee in Canada to growing my rental portfolio of $10 million, uh, how I started uh, fixing and flipping homes, and I flipped over 50 homes over the years. Uh, check it out. You don't, you don't want to miss it.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Danielle on here with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. We are back this week with Michael Chow, real estate investor in the greater Toronto area. That is the GTA. Woo, woo. Welcome to the show, Michael.
0: Pleasure to be here, Danielle. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because you have a great story. I want you to, um, like, for for those of you that are listening, actually, um, and don't know Michael, uh, Michael Chow has been investing in the greater Toronto area for, since 2014, I guess is uh, roughly when you started, Michael um, doing a lot of flips, started a flipping just like I did. And now he's going into the multifamily space, just bought a 12 unit building 22 doors No, 22 doors. Yeah. 22 doors with seven properties, um, mm-hmm. over the last eight years. I mean, that's amazing. You got a, a, roughly a $10 million portfolio. That's just amazing. But tell me, tell me for that, for the audience too, to understand you've come from refugee to like a $10 million portfolio. Like how does that happen what's your story <laughs> in a nutshell well I've
0: been in Canada <laughs> for a long time uh, I did I did come as a refugee with my family a long time ago uh, when I was very very little but um, yes we did come from uh, uh, Vietnam uh, at the time um, and uh, we came from a refugee camp in Hong Kong uh it got sponsored by a Canadian uh, church a group uh, came to Canada and um, yeah uh, came from nothing and it's amazing when I look back, <laughs> I always smile, always makes me very appreciative for what I have and, you know, uh, the life I've created for, for my family and, and my friends and here and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So for I'm kind, of, I'm kind of getting choked up a little bit talking about it. <laughs> and you
1: should, you should, because you know what, like <clears throat> it, I'm getting go- Look at no, seriously, like I'm getting, we can't see it on the camera, but I'm getting goosebumps really, because, you know, it used to be, a really hard trek to go from nothing to something and you know you get the traditional way of doing it which was go to school work hard get a student loan you know work part-time while you're in school and and grind 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 and and you know and then work your way up the corporate ladder and then be a slave to a job for 30 years 35 years and then hope that you get a pension or something at the end like that that old structure doesn't need to exist anymore because there are other ways. If you open your mind, you're willing to learn. There's other ways of doing that. And you did that. So what got you to deviate from that path that we have in society here to like not go and work hard and at studying and get two jobs and go to school full time, all of that. Like, how did you get away from that?
0: Um, I think from a young age, I had a, had a mentor. Um, my mom was my first mentor, I would say. Uh, she she introduced me to real estate. Um, she's the first buy and hold investor I knew. Uh, she bought her first rental property when I was around maybe 16, 17. And then um, I, she was the first house flipper I knew. She bought a, house, a really rundown house in downtown Toronto in the Leslieville area uh, and, and bought it. I uh, had my dad renovated and sold it a few months later and made a ch- nice chunk of change there. And, um, uh, I knew from a very young age, you know, I come from a a working class family. I, I, my parents worked very, very hard. My dad was in construction for almost 30 years. I worked six days a week for uh, probably, I don't know, numerous years, like several years in a row. Um, That was the thing back then. Like he, that was his mindset. He had to work to to make enough money. He had to work six days. My mom um, for a period of time had two jobs. So I came from a family that that, that understood the value of hard work, work ethics. Um, so and and then real estate, you know, just kind of, sort of, um, connected. Well, well, you should get paid for your work. You should you should make more than enough money. You should be finan. You should aim for financial freedom. You shouldn't just work right to pay your bills. And so, you know, I'm very. I think I'm very blessed to have. Um, you know, to to have. Um, I'm very, I'm very grateful for the relationship I have with my mom. Like she introduced me to all this stuff at a very young age, and 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 for my dad for teaching me the value of hard work, and so. And then. It just, it just, yeah, it just happened. It was just like being in the right place, the right time. Like the, my parents worked very hard to create, you know, a good environment for us. So.
1: Well, having them as a good, having them as a good. Um, influencer and showing you that hard work does pay off but then at the same time realizing that you can work smarter not harder and pairing the two together that's correct right
0: that's correct yeah that came later on yeah in my my (laughs) 20s and 30s yeah i didn't (laughs) i was pretty stupid in my 20s actually
1: well i think we Um, all were to be honest (laughs) i can at least say that for myself yeah,
0: yeah experimented with like drugs and dropped out of high school got kicked out of high school um Fun fact, I didn't actually finish high school until I was like 24, and I went to university when I was 30. <laughs> I got my engineering degree when I was 30. No, uh, I started my engineering degree when I was like 27, dropped out after the first year, went back at 30, graduated at 34. Wow. <laughs> so very very like unusual trajectory, trajectory, right? So you went from
1: a refugee with nothing to a dropout <laughs> in school to an engineer not using that degree to a real estate investor, a multimillion dollar real estate yes, investor. Correct. I did
0: practice engineering for two years, but I didn't, you know, I didn't stay in engineering, obviously.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. But you know what? Working smarter, not harder is really the key to like just, you know, maximizing your time ultimately. But now... You grew your portfolio, you grew your business, you had people working for you, you had a big team. Things have shifted for everybody with COVID and the pandemic, it did for me as well. We're gonna talk about pivoting for growth today. So uh, you made a big pivot, you scaled everything back. I did the same, so I totally relate to this, which is why I'm super excited to talk about this topic where uh, you kinda had to take a step back so that you can move forward in a bigger way, so let's talk about the challenges yeah. you were getting to when you kind of hit that plateau and realize that something had to give.
0: Uh, oof. I've hit plateaus, and when it comes to flipping, wholesaling, uh, not qualifying for mortgages to buy more rental— pro- I mean, where, where do we start? You want to talk about flipping? Yeah, sure. Or you want to talk? Yeah, about let's it? talk
1: about the challenges you got okay. when you were doing that, and then how you pivoted, and and then. Uh, and then, kind of restart it again.
0: So, um, I think anybody who's been flipping for a while knows that uh, one of the most challenging things with flipping is, is dealing with contractors, finding good contractors, getting them to do the work on time, on budget, uh, high quality enough, right, uh, for your purposes. Whether you're flipping the house or renting it, right, it's, it's usually you have to do a higher end finish if you're doing flips, if you're selling the home at the end. Um, And so there's just not a lot of affordable, high quality crews out there today. Um, um, I I realize, you know, I'm, 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 I'm I'm dealing with contractors. I'm raising the private money. I'm, I'm, I'm getting these houses under purchase contract. Uh, these rentals are typically 60 to $200,000. Uh, so that takes months to do, uh, they often require permits. And so it's still a lot of work, right, Danielle? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so to, to, to do all that amount of work to make, you know, $50,000, 100000 you know, I've made as much as um, 400000 on a single flip, right? But at a day, it's like, how many hours did I put into that to make that money, right? Let's say the average is, I don't know, 100000 right? You put in 100 hours, right? So you, you do the math, you're making roughly $1,000 an hour, right? Or you're making whatever you're making. I mean... Is that the best use of your time? That's kind of what it boils down to, right? Um, and you know, it's 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 a very active business. <laughs> you're 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 going by the job sites, you know, at least once a week, preferably you know, once or twice a week at least. I would say um, you're making sure things are being done high quality enough. You're making sure thing you're not getting ripped off by certain people, certain trades. Um, so it's a lot of work. And you know, like to be honest with you, I've made. Probably the same amount of money from holding real estate, just owning real estate. <laughs> uh, and and as you as you know, probably most of your listeners know, like um, to own a property and spend like maybe five hours a week property managing it, like you could make a lot of money in the long term. And you're ten- you have people paying your mortgage off for you. <laughs> it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Right? <laughs> so it's not like you shouldn't be doing one and doing buy and hold, or you should only be doing buy hold and not doing flipping like they kind of complement each other. They work together, they're just like more tools to have in your tool belt, right? your toolbox, right? To to, to become a a well rounded professional real estate investor, I I believe, you know, both skills are necessary to have if you want to, you know, um, accelerate like rapidly accelerate your 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 wealth, you need to kind of do both. Or just have some high high paying job, right? You don't have to do not have to flip homes per se, but you can have some high paying job or, you know, be a professional in some other area.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, it's good to put a lift into your property if you can do that. I mean, if you can put, uh, if you're holding, uh, uh a single family home or duplex and you can put 25, 30, 35,000 in it and lift up the value by 60, 70,000, that's always going to hedge you against any economic downturn. You're also going to get a better tenant profile, which is means more rent. So you'll have better cash flow on it. So there's whole bunch of things there good benefits to that so being able to do a hybrid of both what we call the BRRRR strategy buy renovate rent and refi is always kind of a good thing in my opinion um I do that too so I'm a little bit biased maybe because it's a strategy I I use (laughs) But at the end of the day, though, having that skill set absolutely makes you a more well-rounded investor. But when you were flipping and then you you had issues with contractors and trying to scale the flipping business, what challenge kind of got you to stop and say, "Okay, now I need to pivot more into buy and hold? What was it that made you pivot?
0: Yeah, it was not just buy and hold. It was also wholesaling, too. Um, what made me pivot was the realization that, um, you know, I can spend a hundred hours and make a hundred thousand dollars, or I could wholesale a property and spend maybe 10 hours and make half of that, you know, and I'd be okay with that because I, you know what, I've already got like maybe four other renovations on the go. Um, I've got a bunch of money, you know, placed in those projects. I don't want to be over leveraged. I don't want to be overstressed. Right. Um, sometimes the house is like two hours away you know, and I don't want to flip a house two hours away, I could wholesale it, right? Or I could potentially, if I'm going to renovate it, I'm, I'm going to see if I can hold it for the long term, right? Not gonna, um, you know, do all that work, go drive two hours away every week, two hours there, two hours back, just to, you know, make $50,000 right at the end of the day, why not just like refinance it, keep it like have like 100,000 in equity? And keep it for a long term, right?
1: Absolutely. And then you're saying have,
0: it's good to have options, right? In general, for sure. <laughs> and
1: you're saying like a hundred hours for a flip. I would even guess that a lot of people put in more than a hundred hours on managing a flip right. over the course of four months. Depending. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Hundred hours is that's because I have a crew, right? Yeah. I have my own crew, and I but I still have to go to the job site. I have to have to at the beginning of the project. I still have to sit down with them, review the the scope of work, the three things, right? Every project scope of work, budget, schedule, yep. right? like, he, he develops it, we sit down together, I, I, I go through it with like a fine tooth comb, make sure, you know, he's not missing anything, he's not um, overpricing, underpricing anything, he's using our standardized pricing, our labor pricing for a lot of things. And you know, then I have to go once we're once we're, once we started the renovation I has to go by every week, right, take a look.
1: <laughs> oh, but even before like to- that, you've got time going in, doing the marketing, finding the property, then yeah, you're doing the exactly. then you're doing the design, the permits, raising money, raising raising money doing yep. the permit application. Yep. Like even before you even get to the project. I mean, people think flipping is just the renovation. Yep. It is way more than that. Flipping is a ton of so many of work. moving parts. Yes.
0: It's a ton of work. If you don't love it, it's it's really hard to do <laughs> long term.
1: And then on the back end, you have to deal with paying the guys and then you got to do all your paperwork, your admin stuff, close out the the books and stuff. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work.
0: So I did love it for the first few years because you know, I come from a construction background. My dad was in construction for almost 30 years. I have two uncles that are GCs. I have two uncles that are master cabinet makers. I have a cousin who's a GC. So, you know, I come from a long line of like construction. But, you know, uh, now it's about more about like. Lifestyle, right? Like you know, spending mm-hmm. time with family, doing things I enjoy, doing things that excite me. You know.
1: So then you pivot it to wholesaling, which, in your opinion, and I agree, is uh, you get a better ROI for your time. And so maybe you're not making as much per property that you're moving, but at the end of the day, you're spending right. less time and you're making it up in volume because you're moving. You're more. making
0: way more, mm-hmm. way more. Hour, mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people it's really caught on in the GTA. Like you've seen a lot of like wholesalers come on the scene in the last five years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whereas like seven years ago, like nobody knew even knew what wholesaling was, right? Like, right <laughs> now, every day, I'm getting like 10 emails from wholesalers right? from on, you know about whole off market deals, right? That's right, yeah. Um, but um, it's just very low, there's a very low barrier to entry. You don't need a real estate license, although I would highly recommend you get one if you are going to be wholesaling professionally. Um, Uh, it's just, you don't need a real estate license. I mean, you could just get a website, you can do some bandit signs, you could, you know, pay for some Facebook ads or Google ads. And, you know, people start calling you, you start going out, putting houses on a purchase contract, right? Very, very simple. Very simple. You don't need to deal with contractors. You don't need to raise money. Right. (laughs) You don't need to go to the job site. You don't need to have a budget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. you're cutting out a it's lot like marketing of marketing and sales. It
1: is. It is. Yeah. You're just cutting out the, the whole renovation part, but that frees you up to still just focus on doing what you do and learn to do it well, which is finding properties, well, connecting yeah. with sellers and, you know, closing the deal and getting it on paper. So I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. And now you're into the holds. So you're more in the buy and hold space. You're starting to put that in this, this was also something that was hard for me because when I was flipping I wasn't building a portfolio. So I was doing a lot of time and then I was kissing everything goodbye. So now, and you've gone through that as well now. So now you're doing more buy and hold. So you're acquiring, putting it into a portfolio to generate passive income at year seven, eight, 10 when it starts to come back to you. Um, What are you doing now from pivoting your business from where it was to accommodate growth in what you're doing now with acquisitions?
0: So... Um, I'm very selective about the properties I take down to flip now. Um, I've, I've got I'm very low low market low uh, low volume now. I only flip like maybe five or six homes a year now. Um, there's a minimum gross profit um, expectation. If I don't, if there's not at least a hundred thousand gross profit, I'm not even going to consider flipping it. I'll probably just wholesale it or um, keep it as a hold if I can. And um, the goal is to still make enough, a lot of, and and, and do more wholesaling and do more wholesaling. Um, last year we started wholesaling again last June, um, between last July I think, and um, from from last June, last July until now, we probably we probably earned around seven hundred sixty thousand in wholesale fees, just from our wholesaling side of our business. Wow. Um, So I'm looking to ramp up my wholesaling business, Uh, continue to do flipping. But like I said, like low volume, high margin. Uh, We've done a few luxury flips already. We've done three in total, like two in Toronto, one in Kitchener. Uh, Although the Kitchener one wasn't really a flip. I just bought it at a very deep discount. Um, So there's going to be like, you know, like multiple six figure net profit when we sell that one. Uh, But um, low volume. Flipping, uh, more wholesaling, growing my wholesaling team, and then also investing in a lot of our our excess money into holds, right, long term holds.
1: That's very cool. That's very cool. So, what would you uh, what would you tell people who want to pivot maybe from wholesaling into buy and hold? What is it that they need in order to make that pivot so that they can start scaling for more growth and and building up their portfolio?
0: Well, one of my my company's core beliefs is. Um, is excellence whatever we're doing we try to do the best we can you know we, we're trying to be like a market leader we always um put people and profits at the forefront of everything we're doing um it's not just about making money um you know we, we we're very upfront with sellers uh, we want it to be win-win as possible um just just like you're a wholesaler just and you enjoy it you know it, it is a marketing and sales thing right so you kind of have to enjoy it um I know a lot of people just do it for money, but if you're looking to pivot into holding, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't don't stop. Keep learning. Keep attending. Keep getting mentoring. Um, join masterminds. Keep growing. Yeah, just keep going. That's probably the best advice I've, I've been given. You know, from my previous coaches. just keep going and keep improving. Right? It's a process.
1: So, what are you doing right. to pivot yourself and 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 grow and become like? I don't know, mentally better and stronger, fortifying your mental
0: fortitude. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. Ha,
1: ha, ha. You know where I'm going. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I love this.
0: So it's a lot of things, right? Like um, we're human beings. Like we we're hardwired to be to work in groups, to be social animals, right? And so relationships are key. Um, being at peace with yourself, being at peace with your family, um, being good to people. That help you, that work with you. Uh, so I see a therapist. I think that that's been a huge help. Um, I, I use an online app called an online platform called BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp. Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm a part of several masterminds, uh, house flipping and and uh, wholesaling masterminds. Um, I. Um, exercise and eat well, I guess. <laughs> That's very important, you know. Exercise. I'm going to be running a half marathon in October, so I'm training for that right now. Nice. I'm up to running about 10K a week now. Wow. <laughs> um, just, just, I, I, for me, honestly, I, just, I try to keep things very simple. I don't, I don't try to, I don't make, try to make my life too complicated. Um, I'm very grounded. I, I spend a lot of time with my kids, my family. I have three kids and a wife. And, um, you know, when I'm working, I work hard, and when I'm resting, I I make it a point to like it's just time to rest, like it's time to take take care of myself. You know, uh, does that answer your question about pivoting, Danielle? I think it's a process, right? It's not something you just do, right? When shit happens, right? It's like it's just a never ending process, I believe.
1: Yeah, no, that totally answers my question. Like, I just uh, wanted to know what you're doing. You mentioned like, uh, being part of the
0: wholesaling. Do more wholesaling. Yeah. Do more wholesaling. Yeah. Less flipping, high margin, but less flipping.
1: And the wholesaling masterminds and the flipping masterminds that you're a part of. So it's not just a therapist, but exposing yourself to other like-minded individuals who get you and get what you do, I think validates too, and, and has the same challenges as you is also key and very important to that. Uh, mental fortitude. Would you say that to be true?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Surrounding myself with like-minded people, people that have already achieved what I want to achieve, um, people that are going through the same struggles as me. Um, Somebody told me this before. Um, It's good to surround yourself with people that, that are less experienced than you at the same level as you and who have done more than you, like three types of people. So you kind of get exposed to all three and you kind of, it keeps you grounded. <laughs> and um, that's kind of the the intent behind the two masterminds. Like one mastermind I'm a part of is, I'm sort of I'm more or less like, you know, people in the group are like more or less my peers. We're all the same level. I've been in business for X number of years. We you know gross around the same income every year. But then the other mastermind, it's like the people in that group, <clears throat> Um, in general, they, they, they've been in the business longer than me, and they've been. I, I kind of look up to most of the people in that group. Right? I look at them as like kind of mentors, right? Not really my peers. Right?
1: Absolutely and, no. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm very fortunate. I got into that other mastermind.
1: That's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> so, what is um. Now that you're doing your buying holds, like what markets are you going into? Is there anything uh, what's your what's your i guess what's your box that you look at what are the what are the parameters of your buying criteria to put into your portfolio So, what's important um, to Michael chow <laughs> uh,
0: six of my seven buying holds are in the GTA, so we just manage those in house I have um, an assistant manage them for me, and they're just you know they're like two units right there's four four duplexes. <clears throat> Uh, Two single families, quite easy to manage, and then I have a 12 unit in Sudbury. For that one, um, you know, I have a a local property manager who's managing it for me. Um, I have that one. I'm still developing. I'm still building relationships with with trades and other contacts in in that area. It's in Sudbury, so um, I generally outsource it. You know, I don't uh, I don't do any of the property management myself.
1: I can definitely help you with that if you need a manager. I got a great manager up there.
0: (laughs) I agree. Okay. Yeah,
1: I got a few units up there too, so uh, definitely can help you if you need some resources or connections or anything. So just let me know. But uh, yeah, you know, like so, you, you know, when you're doing when you're doing properties, and you're used to doing them all locally, and then you jump in and you're doing something that's not local. It's a bit of a challenge because then you're going into a realm like that's the part of the growth that makes it difficult because then you're like it's a new challenge it's something you haven't been presented with. So what has been the biggest challenge for you doing you know property in Sudbury where everything else is within a 30 minute drive for you?
0: Um, I would say just building that rolodex of contacts, um, building that team out you know team of property manager trades. Uh, um just just having boots on the ground. Just like it's as if it were, you know, in, in, in GTA, like having a good main crew, um, having access to like good licensed MEP trades, mechanical electrical plumbing, um, and and a good property manager. And and and, and uh, you know, goes without saying, like building a good relationship with these people, like making it win win, finding not just good people, but like when you find good people, you've gotta be able to convince them that what's in it for them, right? They're always gonna be asking what's in it for them? Like, why? Why? Which, why should I work for you? And so that, you know, it goes back to trying my best to make it win win for everybody. Um, you know, I, I make it I, I try to I, I try to sell them a little bit like we're creating safe, affordable, clean units, like every, like all the work we do is, is up to building codes usually and, and you know, we get permits, we get licensed trades in we get a lot, of, a lot of work we do is permitted work. So we're, you know, we're going into homes sometimes that don't have working smoke alarms right um we're going into homes sometimes that don't have they have faulty uh, electrical like faulty wiring and the house could literally burn down right <laughs> uh it, the, the roof hasn't been changed in 20 years right um you know like some of the units haven't been renovated in 30 years and they're just um we're trying to improve the community like another one of our company core values is you know we try to improve communities whatever wherever we're working we always try to like leave the community in a better place than before we came
1: yeah and i think that's critical then it's easy for people to get on board and you know help because everybody wants to help others at the end of the day and and really once you go into a neighborhood and you tell the neighbors i'm doing a fiveplex." same thing as you're saying right now i'm doing a fiveplex right now in sudbury it's a it was a mess it's just about done uh the whole staircase had to come down it was so unsafe it was never built properly or by code one of my contractors actually went through one of the one of the stairs like it was held up by i can't even tell you it was just terrible um and i've actually had people that didn't want they were that bad that had people not wanting to go up the stairs Uh, just to when we were checking it out and getting quotes and stuff so the neighbor next door when he saw what we were doing I mean the neighbors are happy they're like oh my god this is great let us know what you need from us you know because essentially that is you're rejuvenating a community and then you're providing safe housing that is desperately needed and uh, just bringing bringing the standards up a little bit so that's phenomenal you
0: know, like we often go above the building code. we often go beyond above and beyond the building code we'll do like extra soundproofing between units you know we'll do extra fire-rated drywall we'll do pan, resilient channel like two layers of that like that's way that's like way above and beyond the building code absolutely know?
1: yeah i do the same latest that i'm doing now because in Sudbury there's a lot of snow and when i was walking through properties in Sudbury in the middle of winter The snow on wood treads on stairs compacts and then it just becomes a sheet of ice, like just thick, really like ice. And there's so much snow up there, you can put as much salt as you want on it, just doesn't come off. So, we're actually doing um, metal staircases with graded treads so that the snow falls through. So, people don't, yeah, people don't slip and fall. So, not required by building code, you could do just wood treads that are you know, cheaper to and do. They're not
0: cheap, right? No, they're the metal.
1: Believe <laughs> me, <laughs> the price of metal has also gone up since the pandemic. Yeah. But, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. You know, when you do things right for people, I think um, taking care of your community is an important thing to have as part of your business, not just about making money Um, and, and going, yeah. leveling up is really important. So.
0: Yeah, we go in, we provide, we provide jobs, clean units right? We're, 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 helping out. The, we're raising property values. Um, yeah. If, if I don't feel good about it at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to want to do it. You know,
1: I totally probably get that. Yeah. So. I totally get, it. you got to really buy into, if you want to be able to do this and do it well and do the things that we're talking about. I mean, you really got to buy into that and want to help the community too and be passionate about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is it? The one thing that you would tell the audience, Michael, before we go, Anybody who's out there who's thinking about going into uh, real estate, maybe they're in real estate, they're plateauing, maybe they want to pivot from one strategy to another, from one market to another, uh, what would you tell them? Like, what's a, what's a game changer piece of advice, ninja tip that um, you can offer?
0: Ninja tip, well, you know, there's a million ways it's going to cat, right? There's like a million ways to make a million dollars, right? Do so You have to find what works, what you like to do, what you're passionate about. Uh, for me when I first started it was flipping because i come like i said I come from a construction background and I grew up seeing um these amazing like transformations in homes right like I saw my dad like put a two story i add a two-second floor addition to a big custom home when i was young he uh i saw my uncle like underpin his house when he was eight when i was eighteen I was actually working with him um I saw, you know, my uncles working in their, 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 their factory, their, their wood factories, like making custom made cabinets for like Saks and Fifth Avenue, like they do like high end stuff, right? Because they've been doing it like for 30, 35 years now. So I just, I was just exposed to this. and I had a, I had, I was naturally drawn, I had an affinity for construction. Um, so I did that for a while. And you know what, I'm very happy I did that. I don't I have no regrets at all. And I've just, it's just been a natural progression, though, as I've gotten older, I have kids now, you know, I don't, um, I'm getting older now, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at my retirement, okay, I got to have like some kind of nest egg here, I, I want to retire comfortably. So I, you know, I started looking more into buy and hold, right, and, and, and doing less active stuff like wholesaling. And if I'm going to, I'm still flipping, I'm still rehab, I have four rehabs on the go right now, I'm still flipping, but it's just my criteria has changed, I'm doing lower volume so I can have better quality of life, more time back, right? Um, it just depends on what you're passionate about. I would say ex- try different things, try to find out what like there's here's a good tip like if you if you find that you really are doing like construction a lot or if you're really doing like you're really drawn to um, designing or you're really drawn to um, numbers because you find yourself doing it a lot that's that's an indicator that you're really strong in that area and you should probably be doing more of that that's where your passion lies right because that's what you're actually drawn to you're naturally good at or you're naturally attracted to for me it's numbers for me it's numbers right. <laughs> and and construction yeah
1: hence the engineering but everybody's
0: different everybody's different engineering hence yeah, the engineering,
1: engineering background. background yep <laughs> you're good with numbers and spreadsheets <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was looking at a spreadsheet just before today's call Danielle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but when you do what you're passionate about or what you love it doesn't feel like work anymore you want to do it it's like that's fun it exactly yeah and, you can and like then as kill you get better, hours. you
0: know, you will, more opportunities will come your way as you get better and people yeah. know you and know you deliver an excellent product. And
1: then you kill three hours and it feels like it was, you just sat down as opposed to when you're trying to do something that you hate, three hours feels like you've been at it for 10, right? So, um, that's a great tip, yeah. you know, find what you're passionate about and do it. And everybody, you know, thinks flipping is sexy and they want to get into flipping. Honestly, guys, it's intensive <laughs> and it's not for everybody. Like it is not for the weak uh the weak-hearted that's for sure but at the end of the day Michael I think I mean thank you for bringing so much value to the podcast and to the audience I love that I heard something before we sign off I heard something um mm-hmm. I heard you're looking for a personal assistant
0: oh uh, yeah, yeah I am I'm looking for an <laughs> awesome personal assistant yeah thanks Danielle thanks for the plug appreciate that yeah I uh been looking for a few weeks now so anyone who's out there who's young energetic um like like doesn't does uh does a great job um really likes to deliver quality value uh, and wants to work at a company that's 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 um highly profitable i'm not gonna i'll be honest like we make a ton of money we're, we're very honest about what we do we're always like looking to see how we can improve communities that we're working in give back to the communities like we we, we give back every year we donate a percentage of our profits to um, big brothers and big sisters of hamilton and halton and we also give my wife also donates um to um several animal rescues in 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 our community so um we want we we want to make it win-win and uh yeah if anybody who's if anyone who's listening to this is looking for uh, a career in real estate we'll train you um we'll give you all the tools you need Um, we'll mentor you we'll coach you Got to be awesome, <laughs>
1: and honestly, Michael is a wealth of knowledge. So, if you're at all interested in learning what it's like to run a real estate company, be a real estate investor, you want to see behind the curtains, jumping on board, getting paid to learn while you're doing it, I'm telling you that's the best way, and you're going to fast track your way to it. I've had people come into my organization, same thing, they tap into the network, the knowledge that you know, the scenery, and they can see. Kind of what works and what doesn't work and uh helps them in their own real estate journey so i think that's phenomenal if you guys want to reach out to michael about that um you can email him at his email address it's mike at honest i can't say it mike at honest it's honest not
0: corrupt not corrupt. <laughs>
1: so it's micah honest h-o-n-e-s-t homebuyers with an s dot c-a it's going to be in the show notes so you can check it out there if you're driving don't worry about pulling over writing it down anything like that it's going to be in the show notes just make sure you go there and of course before i sign off i have to ask you guys all please 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 if you're enjoying the show go ahead and hit the subscribe button that way you're not going to miss any upcoming shows you'll get a quick notification and also don't forget to rate us Um, because then that way we'll just get better ratings and it'll be able to help more people. So absolutely, absolutely a pleasure to have you on, Michael. Thank you so much for taking the time because I know you're super busy already. Like four flips, that's a lot of work. I get it. Um, And I, I just thank you for coming on the show, taking the time and sharing your knowledge with us and your story because you have a great story. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.